Spoiler alert! The Silver Screen Redemption includes few to no spoilers. Due to Houston and Brian's lack of cinematic knowledge, most of their movie information is either false or imagined. However, if they still leave you feeling paranoid about potential spoilers, please check the episode description for details. There we are. There we are. Um, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't want to start with ladies and gentlemen. I don't like that. I don't think you ever did. I never did. Yeah. But you I are now. saying it. I'm not editing this out, Brian. Uh, uh, nope. Here's the start of the episode. Welcome, everyone, to the Silver Screen Redemption, a comedy podcast where we make the movies that Hollywood won't. I'm Brian Perry. Free stickers. <laughs> free stickers. Were, what's your name? I'm Houston Bodley. Uh, and we do free stickers. We were just talking about free stickers. Like we'll, ten seconds before we'll, we press play, we'll do we'll do more. We'll, we'll talk about the stickers at the end of the episode. We're doing a sticker giveaway bonanza. So, um, do we ex- have banana stickers to give away? We don't have banana stickers. Maybe maybe that's one. the only thing I think of whenever someone says bonanza. Is bonanza, I expect yeah. bananas, or else I'm very disappointed. Um, maybe 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 I will buy one banana sticker, and if you get that banana sticker, you win. Brian, can we? This is a little off topic, but we, can we start we a, like on topic yet? You. <laughs> You hadn't even said your name, and you said free stickers. We haven't even can been we, on topic yet. Can we start an etymology <laughs> podcast sometime where sure. we talk about where words get their meaning from? Yeah, all right. I, do you want to know where bonanza like, comes from? Yeah, I sure do. Let's look it up. This is our word of the day segment brought to you by Brian <laughs> Perry's iPhone. Oh, man. Uh, bonanza. Uh, it comes from the Latin word bonus, meaning good. Okay. Um, and then it is a Spanish term, meaning... Fair weather or pos- prosperity. So ansa is a uh, is a, a suffix that makes it into a noun. So it's goodness basically. Okay, but they, they took it to mean fair weather or prosperity. And that's your word of the day. Word of the You're day. welcome, everyone. We teach you things. And that's our backdoor pilot for our etymology podcast. Let's make a movie though, Brian. We inspired Toy Story. <laughs> we did. Um, <laughs> they just... they were going to make a bad movie, and then we said, "Hey, don't. We're doing a better Toy Story 5 And then they said, "Okay, we'll match it." And so, so, so Toy Story Four is good now. Uh, Toy Story Four is good now. It's ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and which, we made it happen. Which get this? That is their lowest rated movie on Rotten I heard Tomatoes. That, yeah, because they're like a hundred, a hundred ninety eight, ninety eight. You know? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Toy Story knows the secret formula. Yeah. I, I don't I wouldn't put three there. I would put one and two up there. Three might be my favorite up at this point. Really? I haven't seen four yet. The ending of three is great. And it's I, very emotional, but like the story itself is not as interesting and they introduce a lot of characters that don't matter to me. I would disagree. I think it's the best villain they've had so far. Well, Sid is very sure. scary. Sid yeah. is super scary. But as far as like uh I guess a It's the villain, first toy that, villain. Yeah, first toy villain, and I think they nailed it. With sure. that aspect. Yeah. Um, I did like the story of just like, what do you do when you grow up in life and you have yeah. to move on? I really like I that so. theme. I guess so. Um, we need to replicate that formula. And okay. whatever we make today, I feel like we need to attach to a series that is consistently good and continue that streak. So, okay. It's funny you say that. Okay. We have a game. I, I have a game that I've brought to the episode today. It's time for a game. It's time for a game. Um, there is a, I don't know, scientist is maybe the term. There is a person, uh, that does a lot of, uh, stuff with, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, big data type stuff. Okay. Neural networks. 
Um, and her name is, let me get her name here. She's got a website called AIWeirdness.com, which is a great name for a website. Uh, and basically her whole concept is like, I know how to program neural networks. I know how to like do this stuff. What if we did fun stuff with it? And one of the things she does is uh, story titles. They're not movie titles specifically, but, but they they're are, story titles. They're story titles. Uh, it's Dr. Janelle Shane, Janelle C. Shane. So uh, that she's at Janelle C. Shane on Twitter if you want to shout out her or whatever. So can I predict what the rules of this game are? Sure. We take these titles and we make movies based off them. Exactly. That seems pretty straightforward. Can I make one amendment to sure. it? Um, the titles that we're picking are like the subtitle or maybe even the tagline, but like yes, some of these, we'll attach it to we a franchise. Somehow. Some of these are, are a title colon subtitle already. Okay. So we, so we, we can work with that. Um, but yes, I think we can be a little flexible. These are a great starting off point, I think. And then we can, we can make them work. Making them fit into franchises, I guess, is, I guess that's why you're saying that. Yes. So if, if we pick a franchise. Okay. But for example, Pirates, a fight dance story. Well, that would be the next Pirates of the Caribbean meets Step Up 2 crossover. Okay, a fight dance story. Um, or take- I don't know why I singled out Step Up 2 specifically, but it, <laughs> it is a direct sequel to Step Up 2. That okay. is a must. Step Up 2 too. Yes. Um, Step Up Squared. That's like what we would do if we did Pirates, a fight dance story. Um, there is one called Titanic Buffalo, which... <laughs> is Just- that So is that there is a huge, giant titanic sized buffalo or there's a buffalo let loose on the titanic i think i think it's like a it's one of those i'm trying to describe this it's like there was a buffalo on the titanic and it's this like true inspirational true story about that buffalo that no one has ever heard of before but then after that every single history podcast will start talking about it because it's like hey did you hear about the titanic buffalo Gotcha. So it's like, one of those, like... He didn't really do anything that interesting, but someone caught onto it and made it a bigger deal. So Someone made a story out of it, and then everyone was like, oh, that's an interesting topic. <laughs> what if we just recast Leo DiCaprio <laughs> from the Titanic with a buffalo? We, we recast him as a buffalo, or we recast yes, Kate it, Winslet? It's Kate Winslet and a buffalo. And a buffalo, okay. That's a true uh, romance story if I've it, ever heard it one. It is. I, I'm, it's very hard for me to imagine a buffalo being on the Titanic. Uh, let's move to the next one. Then. Okay. Um, we have, okay. American midnight swear dragon. <laughs> That's American midnight colon swear dragon. I, I don't know if Dr. Shane has added some of these uh, punctuations to sort of clarify things, but okay. we do have American midnight colon swear dragon. What if it <laughs> is no colon? It's okay. just American midnight uh, swear dragon. Okay. I feel like it's some like neo-modern take on a midsummer night's dream. Okay, because it says the word midnight. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's the one connection. Is it midnight? Uh, kind of sounds like midsummer. When I was a stupid kid, <laughs> for some reason, the phrase "midsummer's night dream" like did not connect with me. Like I thought they were just throwing random just words. Word I, I, which have, is kind of why I thought of it. I had the same way. experience. I had the same experience with that midsummer night's dream. Um, it, it didn't pro- quite process that it was a dream that happened during a night that was in the middle of summer. Yeah. Yes, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I have. I'm imagining like a uh, maybe it's the dragon part of it, but it makes me think of maybe a a kung fu movie. But what's a swear dragon? Maybe it's like swearing an oath. Like okay, you, you've sworn an oath to like, like a, an ancient order of monks or something. Maybe you're not like a physical dragon, but you are like 
like an avatar or like the designated warrior of legend. Like yeah. that is what they call their dragon. You the, are the spirit of fire incarnated into a human body. The other title that this title makes me feel or like makes me think of is American Dragon Jake Long, which is a completely different, like uninteresting <laughs> thing that I don't want to talk about. But it, it's like the same cadence to the title American Dragon Jake Long. American Midnight Square Dragon. Let's get one more of these. I haven't really okay. loved any of these, these yet. I, I should point out, these have been organized into apparent genre, is how she says it. Gotcha. So these so far have all been action slash adventure. So so maybe we'll we'll sort of get it more in, into our element when we get into some sci-fi fantasy, kids' family, horror, documentary, and... Let's kind of bounce around from yeah, the, we'll, we'll between jump. the genres. Um, but I do want to do this one before we leave action adventure, because I already got my mind on it. It's Lego Manhunt. Lego Manhunt. Which seems like a natural extension to Lego Batman, but it's about Martian Manhunter. Oh! I believe Martian uh, Manhunter is in Lego Batman, or in one of the Lego movies. He he probably is. Um, I always assumed, well, as in always, I mean in the last 10 seconds that I heard about <laughs> this podcast. Um, what podcast? The This movie title. Oh, okay. I apologize. Um, I just assumed that it was like that old show on like the the history channel where's the manhunt channel that sounds the man, <laughs> that sounds familiar to me actually where is like the cowboy and a local ranger or something and there's two people who are either like olympic athletes or just like marathon runners or something is it like a reality thing it's a reality thing where they give these okay. two contestants like an hour head start and they just have to get from point a to point b in the wilderness it's usually like a two or three day journey and so they have to survive find okay. camp and this professional manhunter and this local ranger are traversing the ground trying to look okay. for them. And they have the super tracking skills. And it was very epic, very intense. Okay. I want it to come back. I want a movie for it. But you want but to see Legos. It, Lego minifigures. Okay. Yes. Um, what if we combine those? What if it is Martian Manhunter, but he's now doing a show? And it's like a comedy version of Martian Manhunter. I know nothing about Martian Manhunter. All I know is he's not actually a manhunter. He's just a transforming alien. Oh, is, is he a good guy? He is a good guy. He's part of the Justice League. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's But he, so his it, name doesn't suggest that. No, it doesn't. He's kind of like Superman if he is even more powerful, but he just decides not to show off. Okay. That's Martian Manhunter. That's uh, so he weird. has everything. What if he's on an intergalactic manhunt just hunting people down, but it's not as interesting when he has all the powers in the yeah, world. Yeah, no, I... That killed it for me. I'm not yeah. interested in Lego Manhunt anymore. Let's get let's get straight to the genre. Okay. Let's 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 flex a little bit. We'll stay. We'll go sci-fi fantasy and sort of natural transition from from Martian Manhunter. Um, under the Daleks. Under the Daleks, which I believe is a Doctor Who thing. A Dalek. I think we're out of our element on that. I know. <laughs> no, I was actually a member of the uh, BYU Doctor Who Club. Really? A little known fact. How many episodes have you seen? <sighs> One and a half, maybe. <laughs> um, I okay. So here's the story. Um, I had a roommate uh, who you know, Ryan. Maybe you know him. Anyway, is he the deaf one or the non-deaf one? No, my uh, at Monticello. Anyway, gotcha. Um, Monticello. Sure. Um, I had a roommate who loved Doctor Who, and me and my roommates would all like try and like fake our way through a conversation about Doctor Who, and gotcha. it became like a hobby. And then I saw the Doctor Who Club up on campus, and I was like. What if, if we could pull it, it off? Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if I could pull it off in like the whole club. And I never went. I did sign up though. So anyway, I was a member, uh, but I never went. Under the Daleks though, what would that be? 
What is a Daleks, first and a foremost? A Dalek is, is one of those robos that uh, it has the little eye thing that, that points out of it, and it sort of looks like a trash can. It's what the Blorgons are based on in Community and Inspector Spacetime. Okay. It's, it's, so they're the killer robot things. They're killer robot things. They're like a race of robots. Okay. Uh, and their their famous line is exterminate, exterminate. I'm already bored by this. Okay. I don't know anything about Doctor Who. I, I have wanted no to interest. like I wanted to like force you to say something about Daleks, but you, we couldn't pull that off. <laughs> so let's go to kids and family. We'll take it down a notch. Uh, this is Colonel Corn. <laughs> and the neural network actually suggests that Colonel Corn is a video game. So okay. It's a video game, and then we adapt it into a movie. So it's like tangentially related to Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Colonel Corn, by the way, that's a good joke. That is a good joke. It doesn't look like it should sound the same, right? Yeah. And Colonel is a thing that a corn has. Yes. It's so good, and I'm very proud of it. I also, like, already have this vision for an expanded universe where he meets up with Colonel Sanders, and they start their League of Colonels. But Colonel Sanders in this is an actual an actual colonel. Like a military colonel. Not just a Kentucky colonel. No, like an actual like colonel like food, like corn. Oh, Colonel Sanders is? Yes. Oh, okay. But he does cook chicken. It's kind of weird. But it's a kid's movie, so it works. What if it's what if it's a he's he's a colonel of corn. Yes. But he's not Colonel Sanders. He's like he's a different Colonel Sanders. He's just the Colonel named Sanders. My name is Sanders. I'm a colonel, but I'm not Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah. And he's best friends with Colonel Corn. Okay. And they... What would the story be? Have we ever seen a food-based movie? Yes. Besides VeggieTales? Yes. That one... Seth Rogen one. Oh, food... Uh, food-themed movie. Food-themed food movie. Food party. What was it? Uh, Sausage Fest. Sausage Sausage Party. Sausage Party. There it is. Yes. Um, which is not in the family and kids section. It is not. By any means. But there's, I imagine... There's got it, other food movies, right? That's all I'm stopped on. Okay. I'm it's up. hard to relate to something you're going to eat and devour. Because yeah. you don't want it to make a... Like, there a was piece Barnyard. Of, there is Barnyard, which I've never seen. But you don't want to make broccoli your protagonist, because then kids aren't going to eat broccoli. It's fine to make a pig your protagonist. Rat- Ratatouille is about food, but they're not the characters. I, I get what you're asking. Characters. Yeah. Um, there's gotta be. Doesn't it seem like that would have happened at some point? Maybe this is an untapped market that we have. Are we going to make the first movie other than Sausage Party that is is live food and VeggieTales? Yes. Yeah. I, well, VeggieTales isn't doesn't count because it's not like wide release. I don't think they had one. It was the pirates who don't do anything. That was, that was a theatrical release oh, from VeggieTales. But we are making the first that is not VeggieTales and not Seth Rogen related. Yeah, perfect. that is my <laughs> studio demand. There's no Seth Rogen involved in this movie. No Seth Rogen. OK, uh, so Colonel Corn, that's got potential. But I don't think I have any ideas for it right now. <laughs> I think we I think we jump around a little more and we come back to it. OK, cool. Um, the next category is horror. Um. You know I love this section. Um, the Sheep of Evil. <laughs> the, sheep, the Sheep of Evil is one of these. Is this Shaun of the Sheep 2, Sheep of Evil? I mean, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's Shaun of the Dead. And also Evil Dead. I, I'm just saying titles that have something in common. I, I like I, I like this idea of Shaun of the Sheep. Or Shaun... 
Sean the sheep. Sean the sheep. Sean the sheep. But now there's evil sheep. And this is the sheep that you count that gives you nightmares. Okay. What if Colonel Corn is a horror movie? <laughs> okay, now hear me out. And one of the characters is some lamb chops, but it's a ghost of a sheep. And it's a sheep of evil. And it's a horror and it's a vegetarian movie about the evils of eating meat. So you don't eat meat. You eat kernels of corn now. Yeah. The corn. Okay. The character, the, the, the veggie characters are happy to die. Yes. But the, the animals are not. Here's a question I have for you, Brian. Okay. You're not vegetarian, are you? I am not. I am not either. Are we appropriating? I <laughs> Is that what you're afraid of? That we're going to appropriate vegetarian culture? <laughs> I don't want to like make a hard stand into something that I don't actually practice and give people the wrong impression. I mean, that's what vegetarians do. <laughs> they don't actually do it, do they? <laughs> No, I'm sure they do, and a lot of them really stick to it. But uh, no, I, I think I agree with you that I, this is a hard stance to take if yes. you don't actually follow it. But what else would the sheep of evil be? I you count sheep to fall asleep, okay? But what, this one's evil. This is a ghost sheep. If this is the okay. sheep that you count when you fall asleep, you have nightmares. And it now in this uh, Tim Burton esque stop. Motion yeah. animation. There's an evil sheep that terrorizes you and it chases you through a Halloween town esque area. Is but then he decides he doesn't want to terrorize kids anymore. And he's trying to give pleasant dreams, but he's just too scary. And anytime he is the sheep that is counted when kids have nightmares, then they get transported to scary nightmare town. And he's trying, it's like a Jack Skellington situation. That, yeah, that's he's, what exactly what it's he's trying Especially because you said Tim Burton. Exactly. He's trying to bring good to these children. But they're not ready for this. And it just shows, like, I think it works as a metaphor of how growing up when we're introduced to certain things and taught this is good, this is bad. It's hard for us to adjust to other cultures when they have different ideas, different uh, things that they do and understand, oh, this is a great thing. This is actually good. It's just different. So I'm not used to it. So I might be a little scared at first. You're saying a nightmare is like that. Yeah. You're thinking a nightmare you just need to get used to. Yeah. The, the analogy inter- falls apart a little bit. That, but. No, I actually think it's an interesting take. So so now that this sheep of evil, and it's it's Sean the sheep, I guess. Yes. And he he knows that Okay. We have to establish this like lore, this like superstition yes. in the world. Right? Like that's how a lot of these horror movies work, is like, oh, that you you have to establish that there is some boogeyman. Yes. Even if there's no tradition of it. We are taking a tradition that does exist, but not with any horror connotation, uh-huh. and we're twisting it. So what we have to do is sort of establish, like, everyone in this world knows the sheep that the sheep that you fall asleep on is will, will determine how you sleep. It's okay? the evil sheep. No. Well, not well for this specific one, yes. but Yeah, but, like, whatever one you fall asleep on, whatever number you fall asleep on, that has some impact on your dreams. Yes. And they know that if you fall asleep on, like, 666 or something, or 13, or some, we pick some... <laughs> We pick a new evil number. Yes. Okay? And we say, if you fall... One 72. One that makes more sense for falling asleep, like 72. Yes. So we'll stick with 72. I'd like 73 more. Okay, let's do 73. 73 feels a little more sinister. Um, if you fall asleep on the 73rd sheep... Oh, it all even rhymes. We can make a nursery rhyme in it. If you fall asleep on the 73rd sheep, you know you're going to get nightmares. Yes. Because I'm not going to continue rhyming. Um, so this, this sheep, among the other sheep, is sort of an outcast. He's the black sheep. Okay? Yeah. Like, literally, right? But I, I think there's multiple. Like, 
Okay. Because there's a lot of different numbers. So but, like all prime numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there's fun ones. So there's like the love sheep where you have. Oh, like, that's nice. You have like a nice romantic dream in your mind. There's yeah. like the action sheep. You fall asleep in your Indiana Jones yeah. in your dreams or whatever. I like establishing this world of like the superstition. I yeah. think that's really cool, actually. I think it's way fun. So what we're saying is 73 is the bad sheep. It's the sheep of evil. Yes. And he has this bad reputation. Mm-hmm. But he decides, no, I'm going to fit in and I'm going to I, I'm just not enjoying my life now terrorizing yeah. kids it but he, doesn't have substantial interest yeah. to me so the next time he gets picked the next time he gets landed on right he says I'm going to give this kid the best night of their life right they're yes. going to love it and we're just going to we're going to frolic in the fields but no matter what he does they're still in a nightmare and so his job is to guide this child through a nightmare yes and help him realize that it's okay and that that honestly sounds pretty cool. Can can I make a voice casting choice for yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Um, I almost had like... I can't believe The Sheep of Evil is the one that we're like super psyched about. It's a great movie. <laughs> I love it. It's um, like fairly original. I had like a glimpse of like at the end of Monsters, Inc. When they all... T- they're monsters. It does but have now a Monsters, Inc. vibe, yeah. Now they're telling jokes. I want Billy Crystal to okay. be the evil sheep. That's I, pretty good. I think yeah. that's a good casting. Uh, I want to hear him do some actual scaring, too, because he yeah. does not do much scaring in Monsters, Inc. Yeah, he's, I would love he's to hear, the comedic relief. Yeah, I would love to hear him pre-Nightmare. For those who don't know Billy Crystal, he voiced Mike Wazowski. Yes. Um, this really is kind of a perfect crossover between Monsters, Inc. and uh, and sort of Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Or Inside Out is the other one I was thinking. Ooh, yeah. Because it sort of has your bit. brain work. They produce dreams. Th- this probably picks our related movie. We're doing yeah. two in a row now. Yeah. Uh, I'm on fine with it because of the success of Toy Story 4. Of course, and 5. Which we influenced. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome, Pixar. We saved you. <laughs> we redeemed you. Uh, what else do we do? Who's the kid? Like, uh, do we do it all in one dream? Or is it, or does it build a relationship between the two? Well, I think the first few times it fails epically. Like, okay, that he, works. He is trying to make a good atmosphere, like trying to have fun. Hey, this scary Jack in the Box, it's not all that scary. Yeah. He just wants to play, but kid doesn't like it. Yeah. But and, then and I think he, part of it is a Nightmare Before Christmas. He has to convince his team. Yes. Hey, we're, we're, we're done with the nightmare thing. I think he catches a kid who is a troubled youth, okay. who's like very rebellious, likes, he delights in the gross, in the occult. Okay. In the... Like, he's come from maybe, like, we don't want to get too dark with this because it's family feud, but uh, a family film, <laughs> um, not a fume, but, like, there's some implied, like, not a good family situation. Okay. Uh, maybe it's, like, Sid from Toy Story. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. We'll just put Sid in as a placeholder for now. Yeah. He comes to this dream and it's a nightmare, but like he's enjoying it because that's okay. what he thrives off of. Yeah. And Billy Crystal, the evil sheep, is like, uh, no, now you're scaring me, kid. Yeah. And so, like, this kid, for whatever reason, has just figured out how to get to nightmare land in his dreams. Okay. And he keeps running into evil sheep because they, they, they know about the counting trick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, he figures it out. Yeah. The evil sheep maybe explains it to him or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, we established that it's part of, like, there's a nursery rhyme about oh, it. Oh, yes. And everyone kind of knows about it. Y- you're right. You're yeah. right. And so I think this is a lot about just, like, this kid who should have been evil sheeps, like, this is my prodigy child. Yeah. Like, I love him. He is now like, no, this is not what I want. I want to change. And the other kid is, like, looking to the sheep as 
some sort of figure of inspiration yeah. and he's letting him down and they have to build a bond and learn and maybe find that balance or yeah. like both go in the right direction with it. Yeah. So balance is interesting. But what I was thinking was even what if he has to learn to scare him in a different way? Like they recognize the importance of being scared. And the reason we have them in dreams is to prepare us for real life. He knows this home situation of this kid. He knows yes. that he's going to have sort of a hard life. And he realizes this kid loving skeletons and monsters and things like that. It's just a coping mechanism. Yeah. And I need to really scare him so that he can sort of like overcome and like not just like Put revel in this straight stuff. Recognize that path. scary stuff is scary and it matters and you need to do something about it. I think that's an interesting angle too. There's I'm a, fine either way. There's this famous quote. I can't. I don't remember the exact quote, but it's from Walt Disney. And he specifically said, fear is a mechanism that is important to children. They yeah. need to learn fear in order to learn bravery. That's why he killed Bambi's mom. It sure is. That's why Pinocchio witnesses his friend turn into a donkey. Yeah. Uh, all these things. Um, fear is actually good if harnessed correctly. If Okay. Uh, and I think it's a good message to parents who are trying to overprotect their children. But without, like, not going overboard and just be like, yeah, go live the world, be whatever yeah. you want. Because I think we'll see that in uh, his family life, uh, yeah. Sid, the kid's family life. Where do we go from this? Um, I have a question that needs to be answered. Yes. In the dream, can the sheep shapeshift? Because I think that's fun. <laughs> he probably can. It or seems like the kind a, of skill he would he need, has magic, right? At least, yeah, he's got some kind of magic. He can summon stuff. Summoning would be a good way to handle it. Yeah. So he's still a sheep. Um, what is the sheep society like when they're not in dreams? Like that's what we got to see in Monsters Inc. <laughs> you know what I mean? Are they hanging out yes. in, a, in a in like a coffee? It is shop, the, or are they like the dankest pasture you've ever seen? Okay, just a great pasture. Is what do they do? Like, you know what I mean? Is there like a society, or are they just like sheep in our our world? Like, I need to know about the sheep world. Yeah. Like, is there a, is there a king what? of the sheep? What about sheep number one? Sheep, sheep number one. one could be a very interesting character. Sort of like a... I'm thinking like a Captain Hammer. Like, everyone thinks of him as a hero, but he's kind of a sleazy dude. Yeah. The number one... Like, the first sheep you count. Sheep number one. Yeah. And I think... He probably has his own issues because he wants to go into the dreams of kids. But he probably doesn't get to do it very he, often. He never gets to do it. He's sort of an administrative one. job. Yeah. Which he has built into a leadership role. Exactly. So everyone, no one really knows why, but he's sort of just in charge. But it's because he's able to, he stays back when everyone else is out going on jobs. I like that a lot. And so we, so at first he's sort of the bully, but then we kind of pick him apart and we realize that there, he's nothing. Yeah. And I, I think he's the one who's trying to keep evil sheep in check a little bit like hey okay. don't get too experimental sort of thing because it could and, topple things yeah. yeah and you realize it's just because like that's the only pride he can get in himself because he doesn't build connections with people yeah he doesn't know how to build connections with people that's why he's a bully here's a here's an extreme take here's an extreme take that it's i won't be offended if you block it every other idea i have i am offended when you block it this one <laughs> this one is so extreme <laughs> Sheep number one, the only jobs he ever gets is when someone gets killed. When someone gets killed, they instantly go to sleep. And for a split second, he is in charge that of, is dark. of flashing their life before their eyes. Okay. Now, for a G rating, we can't do we that. We can't do it. <laughs> There's no way. But I think it's like what we were talking about Maybe with we Toy just Story. Maybe 
where when the toys don't have the love and affection of children, yeah. it's kind of that implied death. It's in the subtext of the movie. Yeah. I think that's what is here with this movie. Yeah. What if we set it up like very, very subtly so that only weird people on the internet <laughs> who like <laughs> who dig do up like the episode, crazy fan theories be like 10 minute videos. No, hear me out. What if one's job is just to is just to shepherd people to their deaths and we'll never deny it so that they can yeah. keep running on this theory. Yeah, works for me. Uh, also, can they just be called their numbers? Also, are they the Serta sheep from that- the mattress ads? Because <laughs> like they've already done this general concept of of picking a few of the, the counting sheep to make them characters. Gotcha. But then we have to involve mattresses there's a whole logo situation yeah let's not do that i i I think we can do like a knockoff brand of i don't think there's been a movie done with the counting sheep that i know of i think all of them have the nicest mattresses sure and they always comment on how much they love their mattresses and they never say what type of mattresses they are but they do love them and that's our little nod to serta yeah that's fine Um, and we can rank in the money from that do they have numbers printed on their sides yes most definitely i think so um, and is 73 the only black sheep? No, I think there's others, but they're probably like... I I think he is the darkest, for okay, sure. Okay, sure. Um, but I think you so get does, it. Does every number have a purpose then? Yes, and I think there's recurring purposes. Okay. But nightmares are pretty rare for the most part. Yeah. So that's why I think like it's fine to maybe have one of them. Yeah. Um, I do think there's some fun ones like... If you get into like the late hundreds somewhere, that's for like the insomniacs. Yeah. And so they are just like crazy, like on edge, shaking all the time because they have no sleep sort of sheep because that's what whose dreams they're going to. Oh, interesting. Uh, like, yeah. I like the idea that the sheep they're they kind of reflect who they visit. In they're, their they're meant to serve a certain type of person. Yeah. That makes sense. I say that as an insomniac myself. Okay. It's <laughs> Does no, counting sheep not even fun. help? What? I fall asleep fairly quickly. I've never considered counting sheep. Does it work at all? I don't think it does, but I it's still so. something that is common in like in this world. It in, does. Okay? In this world, it in this does. World, for I sure. think we need to establish that it does work, and therefore the higher numbers don't get used as much unless they're sort of desperate insomnia. I have another world building aspect I okay. want to throw into this. What about the Sandman? The Sandman could definitely it, is be related. the Sandman the ruler, and the sheep are his pets. The number one sheep has taken upon himself to be the leader of the shepherd. Sheep? Is he their shepherd? He's their shepherd. Yeah, yes. the Sandman is definitely a shepherd. And I think he's usually depicted in, in like PJs. Are we going to stick with that imagery? Oh, for sure. Or do we do we make him made out of sand? We can do anything. I think he's like wet sand a little bit. Like you touch him and it leaves that imprint in, but then sure. it recovers very he's fairly quickly. solid. And he's wearing a nice wool coat. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's almost like a gangster level wool coat. <laughs> okay. um, can shearing play into the plot at all? What if, okay. What if we realize that because these sheep are shepherded by the Sandman, yes. there is some special property to their, to their wool. And normally they just get sheared by the Sandman. Yes. Okay. But in helping this kid, Sid, or whatever his name will be, 73, realizes I can help this kid by giving him my wool. And it like it's like something nice he can do it's for It's a him. nice little symbolic thing like that symbolic like token. when Sid wakes up, he realizes, oh, that was a real event. This yeah. sheep is real. And, and yeah, he wakes up and it, it, he has a blanket or something yeah. out of this wool. 
Um, and that's like his new coping mechanism. Yeah. I want to get back to the scaring him straight. Okay. Situation. Cause we touched on that. Yeah. I think that is a good idea of learning how to have healthy fright in your life. Yeah. Um, and what is, how old's the what's kid? the balance? How old's the kid? Cause that's going to determine like what I, what I think about this. I'm thinking like eight, probably okay. eight or nine. I was thinking like a tween, but I think going younger is maybe better. Eight to 10. Let's say maybe 10, 10, 10 years old. Sounds right to me. Cause like for me, I almost feel like counting sheep is not a grown up thing. It's, it's only not. for kids. Yeah. In this universe. Sure. So a 10 year old, mm-hmm. uh, what is a 10 year old? Afraid? Like, a 10-year-old who doesn't have a great situation at home. He, he's afraid of not being loved by his parents. Okay. Who just don't care what they're he's doing. They let him be a rampaging child around the neighborhood because they're not paying him any attention. They're fighting with each other as parents. And he's just worried that maybe they'll get divorced. Maybe they will separate. They don't love me. Maybe they just don't care about what I do. Even if they okay. none of that happens. They just don't care about my potential. And so why would I be like all these other kids who are trying to be their best? I should just be this uh, anti-culture you know, rebel. Yeah. So so the dreams slowly start shifting from, you know, boo, it's a monster. And, oh, you, you know, you're naked at school and you your teeth fell out. Yeah. It starts moving into those actually probably different categories. Those are probably not just a normal nightmare. There's yeah. probably a teeth falls out. Yeah, a sheep. Embarrassing dreams. Embarrassing is one. dreams is probably one. Yeah. And he's a red sheep for sure. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Uh, but he starts transitioning into like, you know, like killed your family, right? Or like scary things like that. I he transitions into like sort of a uh, Christmas Carol. Like here's gonna be your future. Here's, I, I, here's what happens if you don't take control of things. If I may, yeah. I I think that's evil sheep's first attempt is to scare him straight of like. What if I okay. torture your family or whatever? Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. Like but no effect because there's no real love there. Yeah. Exactly. But then he transitions it to what if I show you like, what if you didn't have a family and like exactly how you are imagining the situation that they don't care for you is completely true. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's happening to them. It's a matter about what is happening to you. And it becomes this very serious moment. And then I think the ultimate scare is him seeing what would he be like if he was loved, if he had the perfect situation. And that's what like helps him be yeah. motivated. I like that. I actually like that arc. Um, the other thought I had is there, I feel like there needs to be something that connects them that like, this is something that's never happened before. Yeah. Right. Because like, why does he keep coming back to the same kid? Maybe there's some cosmic glitch that normally the kid should be getting different numbers every night and should be able to do different things. I guess it's the kid figures it out. The kid like hacks the system that he like likes nightmares. Is that what it is? Yeah. Or is there just kind of like Sandman is wise enough to like say like this think, kid needs I, a recurring nightmare. I think Sandman's pulling some strings behind. I, I think that works. And so he definitely needs to be like a, a father figure, like yeah. a, like a Dumbledore esque actor. And this, <gasps> okay. What it is. So, we pick some other scary numbers and there's some other scary sheep and they're giving him nightmares and nothing's, yeah. nothing's working. Sandman is trying to help this kid already. Yeah. Sort of Dumbledore style behind the scenes. Um, when he realizes they're not working, he says he needs a recurring dream. Yeah. I need to send 73 every night. Yes. To, to like really fix this kid. And so he blows the sand magic on him at yeah. like 70 and it works within three sheep. Yeah. Or whatever it, that, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and so it like keeps happening. It's like, he's like, wow, I keep getting assigned to the same kid. What's going on? I got to do something about this. Uh, that's great. I love, I would love Billy Crystal in this. Um, I also like, before we get into casting, because I want to do that real quick, I like this idea that there are also other individual stories happening for the other sheep. Like, embarrassment sheep is learning how to cope with embarrassment or teaching a kid how to do that. Or, like, the number one sheep is learning how to be less of a boss and more of a a communicator or a friend. One thing that did occur to me is one would have a job of, like... I think we we have to assume that you don't actually have to be counting sheep for this to happen because a lot of people don't count sheep, but they still have dreams. Yes. It's literally just how many seconds after they fall asleep. Yeah. So like one is people who like were not planning on falling and they just drift off. Yes. He, that's his job. And that's a pretty important job. I feel like that is true. So I think he is just a, a legitimate leader who does a lot of work and it's good. Uh, but he's just a kind of a jerk about it. Yeah. Among the other sheep. Let's cast these people. Okay. Because I think we won't wrap up here. So let's cast one. <laughs> My first thought with one is, uh, what is his name? Jonathan? He plays the king. He, he was the, the original king in Hamilton. Jonathan, oh, uh, Jonathan. Is it Goff? Not think of it. Jonathan Goff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think he would be a really funny one because he could do kind of a cocky voice. I almost see him as the embarrassment sheep. Oh, that's bit. good too. I really like so he's in a he's actually in the thirty six questions podcast. Okay, and uh, that kind of fits. I like that. I like him as the embarrassment sheep. What number is that? I guess I, I, we, we'll <laughs> just we'll just assume that in the world it makes sense. Yeah, that'll be like the, the job of the final round. Uh, let's say seventeen because seventeen's an awkward number for yeah, me it's an awkward, for whatever reason. It's an awkward age. I guess. Yeah. What if it's yeah. Oh, anyway, we'll figure that out. Um, I like number one as maybe like a Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll. Okay. <laughs> Like, uh, can John Mulaney be his number two? Who's literally like his crony? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's do that. You got to cast them together. Yes, for sure. Um, uh, Nick like Kroll, those. for those who don't know him, he plays the douche on Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. The John German Mulaney guy on... is uh, Spider Pig, Spider Ham yeah. from I, Inside I think the Spider John Mulaney. More than Nick Kroll. Anyway. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, who else? We need? The Sandman. Sandman. A fatherly or motherly figure, I would say. Uh, let's go motherly because I feel like we've gone. We, I mean, the sheep can be a mix of, of genders and whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's stick male for Sandman just because he's the Sandman. Yeah. Um, Will Ferrell. <laughs> Why um, Will Ferrell for a fatherly? Just, I just I think I'm just thinking size wise. He yeah. would just like stand out even though he's just doing a voice. It, well, it is animated. It is animated. Um, who? No, there's got to be someone better. What about... Um, ooh, this is an alternate casting for 73. Andy Sandberg. Andy Sandberg. I want him to be someone, but I could consider him as for 73. What if Andy Sandberg voices the child? That's harder, but I've, I'm kind of feeling it. I, I just... Th- he there. has a bit of a childish voice. We should he, probably he cast a younger voice for Yeah. I, I mean, younger like Tom Holland or like... Uh, yeah, that's true. Um... He could also be a girl. That's yeah, another that's option. true. To which case, I kind of okay. Here's what I'm thinking. Oh, what's her what name? if it's Amy Poehler? I I she could totally do a little girl voice. But here's what I'm okay, thinking. Go ahead, Haley Seinfeld. Steinfeld. Don't know who that is. Uh, she is in Edge of Seventeen. She is in what was that? True Grit. Sure. Um, she's younger. Oh, she was in Bumblebee recently, the Transformers spinoff movie. Oh, okay. Uh, she's younger. She's not like she is in her twenties somewhere. 
Uh, but I think she could do a younger voice. I'm thinking from Edge of Seventeen, where she is a little angstier uh, high school teenager. And I think that would fit well with the story we're going. And also in Edge of Seventeen is Woody Harrelson, who I think would be a great Sandman. Okay. I want Woody, Woody Harrelson, Harrelson to play a fatherly figure. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Um, so Woody Harrelson is Sandman. Nick Kroll and John Mulaney is one and two. Uh, we're sticking with Billy Crystal is 73. Jared Goff is... Jonathan Goff. Or Jonathan, Jonathan Goff. Jonathan Groff. 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 That's what it is. Jonathan Groff is, is 17. Uh, 17. The, the, uh, the embarrassment one. And Haley Steinfeld is Sydney. Sydney. That's a great name. It, it can be a little nod to Sid from Toy Story. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, it's also my niece's name. That's oh, cute. Fun. Okay. Anyway, did we do it? Do we I make think a movie? We, I think we did. Let's talk stickers. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. We got stickers. We got stickers. We got stickers for our podcast. If you listen to our podcast and, and you want a sticker and slash or you like stickers, we got a, we got an offer for you. The first however many stickers we have person, people that reach out to us in any form, send us an email, send us a message, uh, find our, go, go send it, use the contact form on our website. We want to make sure these things still work because we haven't been using them. So if you do that, and you give us some some mailing address, we'll send you a sticker. For those who are reading it, the subtext, yes, this was buyer's remorse from Brian. We bought Brian, a bun- too we bought many so stickers. many stickers, and uh, we haven't really done any events to sort of go hand them out. And we just uh, we want to we sort of want to know who's listening, and we want to send you stickers. Uh, if you like know us in person, tell us in person. That counts too. But we're not going to talk about this in real life, so you have to have actually listened to this episode. Yes. So anyone who has listened to this episode, you're now entitled <laughs> to get a free sticker from us. I will pay the shipping if I have to. I just I just want to get our stickers out there so you can stick them on signs. Just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't vandalize with our stickers because that'll lead back to us and then we'll get shut down. Yeah. But uh, by the podcast police. If you want a sticker, just come get a sticker from me. Okay. Just get the stupid get sticker. The sticker. I'll send you a sticker. Uh, anyway, uh, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, other than stickers, uh, here are some ways you can find us. Uh, we're on the internet at silverscreenpod.com, which has links to all of the things I'm about to say, which is that we have a Facebook page, which is called The Silver Screen Redemption. We have an Instagram account, which is at The Silver Screen Redemption. We have a Twitter account, at Screen Redeem. And that's all the things. We, we have want- an email address at... The Silver Shooter Redemption at gmail.com if you want to email us. We want to say thank you to the Stone Sheba Network. You can find them on Instagram at the Stone Sheba. I am Houston Bodley. I'm Brian Perry. And my spirit number is 13. <laughs> what? Is that like your sleep number? My sheep Did number. You- <laughs> okay. All right. Uh. Any similarities to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental.